Welcome back to the show. This is Brian. And this is John. You're listening to The Big Balance, the podcast for anybody looking for clear, simple advice they can actually apply. Give us a little of your time each week, and we'll help you figure out work, life, and everything in between. So first things first, I got a little bit heated on Twitter today, and John, can I vent about that? Go for it. I think I know what it is, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the weird thing because we're both sharing one Twitter account. It's like you kind of see what I'm doing, I see what you're doing, but yeah. So anyway, I got into a little bit. I wouldn't even call it a row, but uh, a little thing that tweaked me a little bit. And the whole thing started not even a reply about this show or anything directly related to this show. Uh, it was a whole thing about. Uh, have you ever heard of, of a, a program called Turn It In? Yes, uh, post a check for plagiarism when you submit uh, assignments at school and institutions of the like. Yeah, I, I never used it. I think I'm just, I say I'm just a little bit too old. It's probably like I'm a too, like a decade too old for it. Yeah, my high school didn't have it either, but the program we used in college basically had that behind the scene. Similar software, basically checking for plagiarism. I can't speak to how well it does or doesn't work, but at least a number of teachers on Twitter are saying it's a pain in the butt, don't like using it. I see a reply. Teachers should never accept a piece of software as being anything other than a tool to assist them. They retain the human responsibility for everything they do. Well, it must be nice to live life through rosy red glasses, right? Well, yeah, and that's that was essentially my response. That's where I came in. I said, look, school admins, if they think a piece of technology is going to either save them money or make some kind of efficiency, they're going to put it in place. And teachers don't get a choice in the matter. It's pretty much they have to use it. And I'm not necessarily against the edict aspect because as a student, I wouldn't want to have 18 different methods of turning in homework either. So I get that. But at the end of the day, it's it's weird to say that, oh, it's still the teacher doing it by hand and, you know, technology, whatever. No, it's it's that's is an edict by your department. You also might not have the opportunity to insert a human element until after it's already been flagged. I think there was an example in there that somebody's own work got flagged for being too similar to something they had written. Right. Yeah, that was the original tweet. Papers get reviewed on a blind basis. So person reviewing the paper has no idea who wrote it and if they recognize that author's style it's like oh this looks like this author but it might be them and they have no way of knowing that yeah it's it's like the john fogarty lawsuit he got sued for sounding too much like himself yeah but anyway so i i should have just dropped it at that point but this guy came back with another reply and, and this is what kind of got me and if i read this in kind of a haughty voice it's only out of pure derision <laughs> It's the reason I'm doing it. But uh, his reply was, it's a point of professional principle. Teachers always have a choice. The ultimate choice is to resign. If a school educator has no choice, they have ceased to be a teacher. They may be paid as a teacher and have the title on their contract, but they are not a teacher. (sighs) My God, if, if there's any mentality that I want this show to be against. It's this one in a few ways. First of all, let's put aside this really weird no true Scotsman argument about who does and doesn't get to call themselves a teacher. So this person's just 
basically created these ivory towers on what it means to be an educator, right? Yeah, and that's that's the heart of why this tweaked me so much. It's the idea that, oh, I have the choice of doing what management says or getting fired and thinking that's any kind of an actual choice is it's just not reality. Like I look at people in the restaurant industry. People in the restaurant industry might not know what their hours are going to be for the week until the night before. And you're talking about work-life balance, how do you have any semblance of balance if you don't even know what you're going to work? You look at Amazon warehouse workers, they're looking at those restaurant people like, "Man, at least you get bathroom breaks." If if they're <laughs> right, if their choice is to either pee in a bottle or get fired, is that really a choice at that point? Because people working these jobs aren't doing it because they're looking for things to buy their wealthy time with. They're doing it because they need a job, need a paycheck. And if we haven't made this abundantly clear in the past, we are very pro-teacher. And part of that comes with fighting for justifiable pay. You couldn't pay me enough to deal with snot-nosed kids the way that some early education teachers do. So... They deserve to be paid more, but on the flip side of that coin, they're not in a position to where they can take that moral or principal stance and say, I'm not going to teach anymore because you have ceased to allow me to be a teacher or you no longer allow me to be a teacher at this point. So screw that, man. Yeah, no, it's it's the whole thing got me. Yeah, I'm pro teacher. And oddly enough, I had another uh, diatribe on teaching on Twitter same day randomly. Just a big day to talk about teaching. For no apparent reason. I thought they were related me. at first. No, completely the, unrelated. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, all that got me heated. But really, heat aside, the guy does have a bit of a point. For this week's topic, I do want to talk about some of the crazy things we do or choose not to do by resigning. After all, we are going through what a lot of people are calling the great resignation, where people are collectively saying, hey, enough to bad working conditions and leaving to find better jobs. So we're going to do something a little different today in what I hope may become a recurring segment, and I'm affectionately calling it Rage Quit. Now, maybe we get a special intro for it because I feel like our normal topic intro is a bit too chill of a music and john you're the music guy if you're listening right now if it's not heavy metal music that means we went in a different direction but <laughs> the music that you're hearing right now is what we landed on yeah now we all look to company reviews when we're applying to new jobs by default we take one star reviews with a bit of a grain of salt and we actually talked about that on a previous episode as well how you should do that the idea being people who leave these one star reviews are probably people who either quit or were fired and they have an axe to grind. Now, we can chalk up those one-star reviews to being disgruntled, but if we get five or 10 or 20, that's no longer an angry person. That's uh, that's a whole red flag for the entire company, right? I, I'm not, you can't excuse a company for one bad apple if you have 20, 30, 40 negative reviews. So in that way, the idea of Rage Quit as a segment is we're going to dive deep into some of these company reviews to see what's making people jump ship, either by choice or otherwise, and see if anything that we're covering on the show is relevant or speaks to the challenges people have in the workplace. So we're going to kick this off with a tech company, uh, and I don't know if we can or should name names. I'm not a, I'm not a legal scholar, so I don't know if we should even do that or not. We're going to err on the side of caution, so uh, let's come up with a placeholder name. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think, Schmoopity? Yeah, the the Schmoopity company. Schmoopity Co. 
Uh, that'll be a, that'll be a recurring thing for me. Shmoopco. You know what? Shmoopco. 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 All right. So we're going to talk about a company, Shmoopco. And Shmoopco, I can't even say this with a straight face. I know. I just started Why laughing. Why don't you choose Shmoopco? I, I can't stop now. I know. We're too deep into it, folks. <laughs> Welcome to your first day at Shmoopco. Shmoopco is a prestigious organization with a tenured history. It's Shmoopco. In the tech industry, and it's it's not a small name. It has about 5,000 people worldwide, few billion in revenue, so it's not quite a mom-and-pop shop. And what do the rage quitters have to say about our dear Shmoopco? And John, this is where we should have that aggressive music come in, by the way, as we go through these reviews. There you go. I'm going to paraphrase some of these. I'm going to read them directly. I'm not going to read every sentence in them. Um, so review number one. Every three months, they have us working ridiculous seven-day-a-week, 12-hour schedules. This lasts for about a month. Repeat two months later. No time off in between. How does management solve the problem? Well, it's a three-prong approach. A. Management takes week-long, unbooked vacations to Aspen in the middle of the work cycle. B. Have a few rounds of morale-boosting layoffs. And C. Not hire, even to recover headcount. Hey, at least margins are up, dot, 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 temporarily. So This is a voice I'm using the entire time, by the way. So a couple things that I'm noticing here. A, how, how the hell did this guy know that they're going to Aspen? That's very specific. <laughs> that They're like, yeah, they're taking trips to Aspen in the middle of the work cycle. Well, obviously, they, they, hung, they hung a sign in the corner office that said BRB going to Aspen. Yeah, right. Oh, yes. I'd rather be at the Vale, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then another thing there is something tells me that there was either a recent acquisition, change in upper management, or the board level, because that sounds pretty uh, pretty familiar in the sense of, what is it, venture capital firms do something similar. Oh, dear John, there is a whole story that's going to unfold over these reviews as we oh. go through. Oh, I like it. It's, it's actually very novella-like telenovela like even donde esta la estacion de tren i have no idea what you just said where is the train station oh i was God, that sounds so good in spanish right <laughs> now, oddly enough so my daughter loves dora the explorer if she wants to open a door she'll say abre okay or if she's gonna jump she goes salta and it's like <laughs> she knows more Spanish than I do, which makes me feel I took, bad. I took three years of it in high school, and I didn't know Abre or Abra was. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah, so. So that's one review, and again, hey, what does this mean? It's just one guy. It could be anybody. He even actually refers to himself or herself as, don't take it from this disgruntled employee. Uh, but our internal, uh, our internal employee surveys show the same thing. I wish I could share the results of our survey from the past two years. It's very eye-opening to everyone, except those in management, the very same who interpret the survey and act on the results. So that's one guy, but what does that really mean? Let's go to the next. And that was a pretty long one, too. Some of these are very schmort. Schmort. Schmoopco, schmort. I can't I was talk. just about to say it's got to be the schmoopco thing. <laughs> that was enough. <laughs> very schmort. Some of these are long, some are schmort, because it's schmoopco. Yeah. Hey, now, have you caught that uh, classic sitcom, schmork and schmindy? and schmindy. Schmanu, schmanu. <laughs> Um, oh, my God, I just realized. Uh, so the, the review here is going to actually follow suit because they said, if you're male or a schmoozer. <laughs> Schmoozing and schmoopco. 
God, that, I'm actually glad we chose Schmoopco now, because it actually works. If you're a male or a schmoozer, you will do well. Cons, boys club, untrained managers, 50 plus gets fired, resistant to new technologies, and I don't know about you, but a tech company that's resistant to new technologies does not sound like a good place to work. Also, I, I know this is probably very biased of me, but when I hear the term a schmoozer or schmoozer or whatever, I'm, I'm struggling to say it because of schmoopko, I just automatically it's a Delco assume, accent doesn't doesn't agree with the word schmoozer, dude. But um, I automatically assume that they are a dude. So <laughs> when I hear if you're a schmoozer, I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, that's a dude anyway. I know it's very biased. So schmoozing's a bro yeah. move. It totally is, right? You would never make it at Schmoopco. I would not. That attitude. <laughs> On to the next review. Cue angry music. Meanagement. Notice I said meanagement, not management. The review was very clear about this. Meanagement will grin and stab you. Oh my god, I just realized. I just realized because pulling the curtain back, folks, sometimes I do get a little bit of heads up on what Brian and I talk about, and I just now realized that that's what they were going for. <laughs> oh my this god. This like a weird way to spell management. No, I thought they were just being like dumb, and I didn't realize it was even a pun. I just like kind of glossed right over it. I was like, I don't know what the hell this person's talking about. He got mean management. That's I know. I know. I hate it. I hate it. It's a Schmoopco special. <laughs> yep. I don't. I don't support it. <laughs> but also, the, the the idea of a grin and stab at work is just a hostile work environment all around, and I hate it. Now, this is where it starts getting interesting because this person goes on to say, "There's no work life balance since individual and his SVPs took control. Poor job security. If you're not one of the favored employees, we've heard that in the last uh, last review as well." And marketing is clueless about what customers want, and management will force their will on the customer. Did they did they use the actual name in that review? They did, um, oh and this God. is this is a high level. It's a CEO, and I, I'm I'm fine saying that because Shmoopko, you know, has a I guess it's a Shmeeo at that point. <laughs> the Shmeeo of Shmoopko. Um, we're going to talk about him more later as well. But moving on. When the new CEO, uh, I'm sorry, when the new Shmeeo took over, he destroyed the culture, instituted annual layoffs, generated mistrust and loathing among the staff, and developed a reputation for not listening to those in the trenches who have done the work before. Now, all of this combined, and I'm, I'm going to kind of ride the fence a little bit on this because it's, it's weird when you think about the role of the C-suite, right? Because on one hand... Not everybody in an organization can or should or wants to rise to that high level of leadership. Actually, the last episode we did with Andy, um, it's not in the cards for some people because they don't want to go that way. It doesn't fit who they are. But that means that you're bringing C-level people in from the outside, which means they obviously don't understand whatever it is that was the culture that made that place successful. So now you have a, a culture shock and potentially damage to that culture and kind of sensing a trend here in these reviews that the culture is very much in jeopardy and one where people are treated like numbers or cogs in a machine instead of, you know, people. Well, all of that aside, the role or the job of this CEO sometimes isn't always to be the most liked person within your organization. And I guess all kidding aside, I guess that's why they pay you the big bucks too, right? That's true, but... 
there's a difference between managing tough but fair and managing by temper tantrum. And I'm not supporting this uh, this uh, sure. CEO of Shmoopco, by the way. Right. But Shmeeo. Shmeeo, yes. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Shmoopco used to be a wonderful place to work. Now it's a place people want to leave. And you, especially in time of this great resignation, it's not what you want to hear as a per management. But it keeps going, and it's actually going to get another level deeper as well. We know about this Shmeeo causing all kinds of a ruckus, but it turns out there's something bigger going on behind the scenes. Now, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the darker side of Shmoopco. So here we are, the average worker at Shmoopco in what had been a really great working environment. All of a sudden, we know that there's this new Shmeeo in place who's causing a little bit of chaos. But turns out, as we keep going through these reviews, it's bigger than a single person. So one of these reviews refers to a group that uh, they call the Mafia. And from what it sounds like, it's not just a new CEO, I'm sorry, Shmeeo that got put in place. Uh, it sounds like there was a merger or an acquisition and the team from that other company actually came in to be the executive group of our Shmoopco. So the next review, rank and rating system has destroyed most of what this company was before the mafia took over. This system will be the turning point of this company and will reduce it to a commodity developer. Progress and innovation is not changing a brand with a new logo color. Are you trying to sell tennis shoes or deodorant? And I, I just got to think, like, the poor deodorant people. Like, oh, man, we like, we provided good product. Like, everybody needs deodorant. Why, why are we slamming deodorant? Yeah, companies? how did we get involved in how this? How did we what get did we do? Come on, schmoops. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh. I do, um, do want to call out the mafia again, as is tradition, our one-episode reference to Office Space. It's just reminding me of, like, the Bobs. I love a good nickname for inter-office politics, and the Mafia is just a great name, so kudos to that reviewer. Well, it's just, any time that you can other people in the office, that process alone, you're already gearing up for problems. If you're a cohesive unit, that's, I'm not going to use the word family because I, I hate that term describing companies. Oh, we're family. No, you're not. But the ability to very easily group people, that does lead to favoritism. It does lead to schmoozing. Um, and that's always a problem. That's a good topic. <laughs> schmoozing? No, no. Like that, that basically what you just said, the, the concept of othering in the office would probably be a good episode. I'll write it down. That'll, yeah. be, our, that'll be our next one. Cutting some of these products is a good idea. However, you're taking this too far into a commodity scenario. Realize that offshoring your workers is more costly than what dollars alone can measure. And this is a big thing for me and, and another thing that kind of sticks in my craw. I always hear about, oh, we're offshoring. People offshore are taking good paying jobs from this country whether that often in IT, it's going to be India or Asia or in the manufacturing space, Mexico. And it's like, well, no, look at Shmoopko as an example. Leadership in the company 
move those jobs. It's not other countries taking them. This is your employers making the choice. And if there's a narrative out there that in any way paints us as your job being stolen, guys, you're getting lied to. They took our jobs. I have no idea what that's from. Oh, you never saw that episode of South Park where the guys are getting all mad at illegal aliens taking their jobs, but it's really aliens from the future who are escaping like uh, the post-apocalyptic world and they invented time travel so they all come back and start working menial jobs. <laughs> at the risk of alienating, oh, alienating, haha, at the risk of alienating people like I did with Harry Potter, never read Harry Potter, never watched South Park. On to the next review, and this one I, I feel very sad about, but it sounds like we're, we're getting to the end of our story here. Actually, Brian, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off there, but I did want to call out on the last one. What the hell's the rank and rating system? That sounds just awful, man. Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, we have smart goals and we have to measure against it. But a rank and rating system? What is this, freaking Squid Game or some something, right? No, and again, I'm going to ride the fence on it. Remember, Schmoopco is a 5,000-plus person international company. And yeah, you can't know every person as a person. And there needs to be some kind of quantitative measuring but at the same time you have those systems you can't help but feel a little bit dehumanized by it right yeah it's like a, a social currency that they're creating if it's really rank and rating right yeah at that point why even have names i'm just gonna call john 45 you know Ooh, that's a good number i'll take it bud all right all right a16 rank and rating's too low for a break right now <laughs> brb going to aspen <laughs> brb going to piss in a bottle <laughs> yeah exactly Low ro- C-Suite goes to Aspen, low-level workers, pee in a bottle. There's your disparity right there. No, no, here's, it's even better. Uh, C-Suite goes to space. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? C-Suite goes to space. Everybody else goes in their pants because you don't get break time. The low-level goes to what were the... What do we call that? The, the the like the little pods that they made the the Zen oh pods, the right? uh, the the depression yeah. closets or yeah, sadness po- sadness pod or whatever it's called. C suite goes to space. The low level goes to sadness pods. Get in the pod, A sixteen. <laughs> Lord, this just went real uh, real sci fi. Yeah. All right. Well, bringing it back down to earth. Getting to the the end of our story here. Last review we're going to go through, and it, it really does put the the sadness cherry on it for me in the in the sadness pod. There's no job security. Employees are scared and demotivated. What makes things worse is the constant. We are concerned about the high attrition rate we hear from management while they're planning more layoffs. Upper and middle managers are hiding from employees in Aspen. In Aspen. <laughs> Their online calendars are hidden from the rest of us. Yes, they don't want to be tracked down. All of us were told that the future growth is in Asia because of cost savings. There's very little top-down communication. I think I've seen our new CEO once since he came here. There's a few key takeaways for me, but it sounds like overall we have a company that started out as a really great culture, built a good product and grew, and grew to the point of being a good target for acquisition. Acquisition happens downhill from there well for the sake of the full narrative there brian 
how long over the course of time were these reviews? Like, were these all around the same time or were they over the course of six months, a year? That is a very interesting point. I'm glad you brought it up. So these are all over the span of several years, but they are a few years ago. Now, when you look at newer reviews, a lot of them are better rated. There are some five-star reviews now, but it's not all well and good. When you look at them, there's a a bit of a trend in all of these quote-unquote five-star reviews. They're all about five to seven words total, and they all have the exact same grammar and style. For instance, (laughs) yeah, for instance, none use any punctuation at the end of the sentences, and they either capitalize every word or no words, including proper nouns. The big thing for me as well, they don't relate to people at all, right? So all of the reviews that we were reading and that you would expect a real human to write are along the lines of things like, you know, I like or I hate something or you can expect this or that or these people are trying to accomplish so-and-so. And there's none of that. All these reviews are flat, good place to work. No period. So... Yeah, there's a lot of five-star reviews these days, but they do not look genuine. Uh, So uh, take with that what you will. Maybe the culture got a little better, but it sounds like management was more concerned with papering over bad reviews than they were with fixing what was broken. Yeah, the ethics behind that are a lot more questionable than taking a well-deserved week-long vacation in Aspen as opposed (laughs) to middle-of-the-work cycle. Yeah, exactly. So that's all I got in this epic story of Schmoopco, and I appreciate all of the Rage Quitters reviews who we read. And I want to say, just as a, a way to leave off today, we talked about many episodes ago about boiling a frog in water. You know, you throw a frog in boiling water, he tries to hop out, you turn the water up slowly, doesn't even realize he's getting boiled. And I think that's what happened here. So if there's a takeaway for anybody out there, it's Take a look at what's going on in your company. You know, look for those small changes in the work-life balance, in the vision, mission, and culture of your organization. And if you see things going downhill, keep in mind what's important for you and what's uh, what's necessary for you to have a, a good working relationship with the people around you and management. John, any final thoughts from you? I was trying to think of something nice and poignant to end us on, but... All I can think about is the fact that I can't say schmooge or schmoozer. You will get it sooner or later. All right, right? Have me say conchahawken or something like that. No (laughs) problem, right? Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, drop us a comment while you're there. Special music this week is Trailer Sport Trap Action Horses by Alex Productions. Check the show notes for links. Until next time. Schmoozer, dude.